What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the fifth episode of the NHL podcast presented by the Hockey News. My name is Safir, alongside my co-host Rahil, and a special guest who I consider to be the face of NHL esports. Oh, okay, gaming. relax. Here we, go. we got no sleeves, the play-by-play GWC announcer. He's a Twitch partner. He's part of Lazarus. And uh, yeah, the goat is here. What's going on, buddy? Uh, okay, you don't need to pump my tires out. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. You guys have done a great job so far. So thank you for having me. And uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, NHL 23. Yeah, awesome. We really appreciate you coming on, Sleeves. Honestly, it means a lot. But uh, yeah, so NHL 23 Tech Test came out two days ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you guys give your thoughts first because mm-hmm. I have a bit of a bias opinion and i'll kind of explain why in a little bit so cam what do you think so far well like i i have a different opinion because i've been i've been testing it like with the game changer we've been testing it for about a month prior now and uh only i, I don't play a lot of world of shell so uh with no 1v1 in uh, the tech test it's a little bit different for me but uh, i've i've enjoyed the changes that they've made i think they're subtle but the things there have been a lot of changes but the things that they have changed i think are positives in my opinion i think when it comes to gameplay, it's very subjective. Like, if you give your thoughts on what you think is overpowered or underpowered, there's going to be, you know, a ton of people that disagree. It's something that is just the way it's always been with NHL gameplay. So I try to reserve, like, you know, my absolute thoughts now on what gameplay is. But I did not like 22 at all in terms of gameplay. I was one of those people that just, I didn't feel the total sim-based really hit with a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little space to do anything creatively. And in a video game, I want to be able to do, like, video game things, you know. But I also understand the crowd that want it to be as close to real hockey as possible. So I'm not saying that there should be some crazy, like, you know, NHL hits kind of maneuvers. But a little bit more space and, and passing, uh, which I feel like did improve in the tech test. And the Pocheck thing. Like, the nerf oh, on Pocheck... Uh, was phenomenal. I think one of the biggest um, improvements in gameplay easily was uh, the the speed nerf on Pochex, which I've really enjoyed. But outside of that, I, I'm waiting for the 1v1 where I can play everyone, which won't happen really till launch. And uh, we'll have to wait till then to give the, the, the huge feedback there. But I, I have in mind that it's so far not a lot of changes, but the things they did I think were pretty good. Yeah, I have to say I'm sort of along the lines as you as well, particularly as you know, both of you as a 1v1 player. As a result, I haven't been able to play the beta very much, but mm-hmm. I certainly have noticed the subtle differences. Um, I do, as a player who usually relies on the poke check, yeah, I'm one of those guys who just spams it all the time. Yep. I've definitely been humbled when I've been playing World of Child. So I'm really curious to see, you know, if perhaps we'll see more of a skill gap when it comes to defense this year. 100%. Um, yeah, so I'm really interested in that. So, I mean, overall, I'm pretty optimistic. It does feel like a more polished NHL 22, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like yes. When I'm playing the game, it feels like NHL 22 with those nuances that you talked about. Yeah, so it's funny enough for me, I, you know, normally play one-on-one with Hutt and, you know, kind of play Eshel. I played goalie for seven games yesterday, and uh, proud to say I went 7-0. And uh, I was, like, top five on the leaderboard for threes. It was a pretty, pretty nice experience, but it was interesting when playing goalie because the thing for me I noticed that was really kind of surprising was how easy it was for me as a goalie to pass the puck out. Mm-hmm. When I played 22, it was terrible because every time I tried to pass the puck out, like, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Similar to how you, when you play out, you know, you kind of pass. You mentioned it in no uh, assist, right? yeah, one of your videos. You try and pass. You have two guys alongside each other. You try and pass to the guy closest. It always goes to the further mm-hmm. guy. So I noticed that was a little easier. And then even just the, the poke check stuff, I feel like there's going to be a big especially in World of Chell, when you're playing sixes and you're playing threes, that defender is really going to have to learn when to poke check and not just that, but when to play positionally. I think one of the biggest things that's going to happen at launch of the game once everyone gets it, specifically with Hockey Ultimate Team and 1v1, is there is going to be a 
ton more goals scored this year, or at least early on. And there's always a meta, and, there, and it always ends up getting flushed out. And that's just with any video game because, you know, to be honest, these games aren't meant to be played a thousand hours by a lot of people, and we end up doing that anyway. And I think that with the Pocheck nerf, and, you know, there's a lot of people that relied on the Pocheck a lot, especially at the high end, but that's because that was the skill that was there in the game, right? So to be able to get good at holding it and, and the wiggle stick and all that, like to, to become good at that was kind of what the skill gap was. And now that that's essentially removed, being in position is like 10 times more important now defensively. And I think because people aren't used to that, you're going to see a lot more goals scored. Uh, as well as the one-timers seem to be stopped by AI goaltenders quite a bit more. However, I feel like goaltenders get picked apart far side in top corner, which is a, a, a very, very drastic change from prior years. So I think that personally, I thought that goal scoring was the lowest it's ever been in hockey ultimate team specifically i remember i went back something i like to do is go and look at my goaltender stats mm -hmm. and 86 to 87 percent save percentage is where my goaltenders kind of sat all year if you go back to nhl 21 getting an 80 percent save percentage goaltender in hut was like something that was you know it, pretty impressive and that's just because of like you know the the intercepts being turned off in 21 mm -hmm. so i think you're going to see a ton of more goals scored and i'm not going to lie i kind of enjoy that for the video game aspect but there's also going to be a ton of people that don't so it's going to be different in that in that sense i think the end result will be different but how we get there is kind of similar to 22 just the, the few changes are big yeah i have to say what i find particularly interesting is how they say you know the goalies are now more enhanced the ai goalies in mm -hmm. particular so i definitely notice that the cross crosspieces are being stopped a lot more often now but I've noticed that I've been spending some time in the lab with, with some of those folks like Uninstall, and uh, he showed me a couple of glitch goals from behind the net. So I'm really curious to see if those goes go away uh, come launch. Uh, in fact, there's also a couple of goal line shots that I noticed, especially on the glove side, coming mm -hmm. down with a uh, right hand or forward. So uh, it's, it's really interesting the way I see how goalies have improved in some areas, but yet some glitches have returned from the past. But I also understand that this is perhaps a different version from... Yeah, so when when a beta gets released for any any game, it's not like it was worked up and worked on up until the day that it hits go. It has to go to Microsoft, it has to go to Sony to actually get approval that it's allowed to be put on the store. So the build that we're playing is probably like three three weeks to four weeks old, right. and that's why I think the tech test is. People need to remember that the tech test is more about making sure like the game turns mm -hmm. on and yeah. the servers that don't implode, uh, which is really just to try and test the stability of the game in terms of like a lot of. I haven't seen a ton of bugs, like game bugs where like the puck flies off the boards at a million miles an hour, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen a ton of that, but there's a lot that will be, it'll be a lot more finished come the launch of the game. Uh, but there hasn't been a, a ton. There's always going to be glitch goals. I think, honestly, I think 21, there was the, or 22, there was the fewest amount of glitch goals that we've seen in, in quite some time. And... It, again, glitch goals are tough to talk about because be a, the majority of the player base hate them, and I can understand why. But because, ever since NHL 18, when the the player base defensively went to like what we call the skill zone now, NHL 18 was really the huge birth of that because that was when you could put your AI on like you know high aggressive and they can go pin up along the boards yeah. and they turned all that down. But still, everyone's mind it was like all collapsed in front of the net and. You know, glitch goals to an extent. I, I hate calling them glitch goals because some of them take quite a bit of advanced mechanics. Um, but you know, I think that the lack of them in 22 just meant that you had a lot of games where you felt like you were the one that should have won and didn't, and it was like two one or one nothing, and the time on attack is absurd, the shots are absurd, but you just didn't win. And I think that you're going to see a lot less of that in 23. 
That sounds really excited. I'm looking forward to that if it's going to be a game like that. Now, one thing I noticed, you mentioned, you know, kind of seeing fewer glitch goals. Mm -hmm. and one thing I noticed that I didn't see that much of was that last puck movement or last chance puck movement thing. I, I don't know. The way EA advertised it, I kind of thought I'd see it a little bit more. I played seven games. Um, I probably saw it once, I think. I don't know about you guys. What do you guys think? Did you see it about that much? I, I, I played 10, and uh, I saw it. I, I personally had it happen once, and mm. I didn't even meet. I was. It, it's funny because like, the way it's supposed to activate is you double tap up on the right stick to get a shot off or a pass. It's supposed to be double tapping the the, the, the right trigger from my, from my understanding. And I was just trying to do a pass. I hit it once, and I stumbled, and I was still able to get the pass off, which was surprising and nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that was something I thought about when I first saw it a couple months ago was, like, if it's going – you don't have a lot of stumble animations happening at all, it seems. And if that's the big addition to gameplay, this – I mean, we're going to talk about this in, 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 you know, in, in de further detail, but I, there's an overarching thing that I've seen that 23 – has built the foundation for a lot of great things that will come in future games and I, I like as a joke called it like the beta of 24 yeah and i think that that is kind of just more of that i think that you're going to see a lot more or a lot less bumping in general i think that you're going to see a lot less players spamming up on the right stick to try and bump players off the puck because they're worried that they might still get a shot off or a pass off so you talked about you know playing defense and the, and the skill stick being a lot or the defensive skill stick being a lot less useful um so being in position is a little bit more important and you don't need to bump really when you're when you're in position so there might just be less of it because the player base adjusts and just doesn't go for just those constant trying to bump people off the puck so i don't think it's going to have a gigantic impact on it i think it's cool and something that's uh i'm glad that it's in there because it does make smaller players more viable absolutely but uh, i don't think it's going to be something that kind of takes over the narrative every game and, and you know what i that's like i'm really happy to hear that because when i'm looking at the trailer i'm like well you know what if the pokes are getting nerfed you know and now you can't really bump those because of the last uh, chance opportunity well then it's like you know i feel like defense just becomes all the all the more difficult yeah but in saying that at the same time you know you talk about uh, you know, some of the ways that players find ways to score goals. Like, I'm thinking, I'm starting to think that, you know, perhaps that is indeed a good thing because if the pokes are now slower and you're being nerfed, then perhaps it encourages more skill zoning. You know, if you find different ways to score, it does force a defense to, to make adjustments. It does force players to go out of their way uh, to prevent those chances altogether. Yeah, totally agree. Now, one thing I'm kind of intrigued about a little bit going forward is, you know, we have these two new X Factors, and they're both pretty cool. I forget the names of them both. I think, you remember? Them? Skilled up would be Trevor Zegers' yeah. one with the uh, lacrosse moves, and Relentless is Sarah Nurse's. Nurse. That's the one with uh, the stumble animation. That's why it's good to have a game changer on the podcast here. It knows everything. <laughs> but so, you know, like the two X Factors are great. They're going to be fun. I think Trevor Zegers' one is going to be really fun to use. But I think the big thing they needed to do, and that hopefully they have nailed, is adjusting all the other X Factors. If you're playing any game, like ESHL, just for my example, if someone has close quarters and they're in front of the net, like the goalie's basically like, I'm going to try, but it's going in 99 out of 100 times. So I really do hope that, you know, going forward that they're going to really balance these out. And so far, it kind of seems like they're a little bit balanced out in this play. Now, again, it's a little different because we need to see that 1v1 gameplay, especially in Hut, to kind of really figure it out. But what do you think, like, are the couple X factors that they really need to make sure they hammer down on, kind of adjust it, or make some that are a little bit more useful as opposed to last year? All right, well, first I need to say, I don't give my advice on abilities <laughs> anymore, ever. So I won't ever give my input to the game chain or the developers about that, ever. I learned my lesson uh, last year. So, but just from, from 
like the ones that are really really good and will still remain good truculence still re will remain really good um, especially on smaller players, I think it makes up for a lot of their deficiencies in game. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one T for defensemen is still extremely good. For forwards, the, the, we haven't talked about this yet, but the uh, the strategies for power plays, which I just wish was in the full game, which is another beta NHL 24 thing. Um, I think that uh, being able to label someone as like, this is going to be the guy you're shooting with. Um, if you have him with one T, that changes things, or if the centerman has big tipper. Big tipper is one that is just kind of pointless, and it, the reason being is it's very, very difficult to get the player with big tipper to sit in front of the net. Yeah. Um, with all of the, the well, the three strategies that we've had since two thousand four uh, available to us, like it's very difficult to get those situations. So, situational abilities and zone abilities, they're very difficult to find usefulness for them. So, but there there are ways to improve them. They talked in the trail, the gameplay trailer about Schnipe improving, which I'm so happy they did because throughout the whole year, I did not see any. It's very hard to quantify some of them because yeah. you can't actually see them. 1T, you can hear it, right? Like Truculence, you can see it. Even Quick Pick, for example, there's a lot. Goal post to post, there is a lot of them where they're animation-based and you can see it. Schnipe, it was just like you're shooting and it lights up, but you don't see anything else on it, so it's, yeah. it might just be in your head. Um, but they have mentioned that they are going to improve some of those, like like Schnipe. Uh, in, in terms of ones I would like to see uh, improved upon, I mean, with the with skilled up being in the game now to help with with uh, lacrosse moves, it's tricky. It's pointless, uh, in my opinion. Like I don't even know gimmick wise why someone would have that, in which it, it helps moves like the the between the legs shot and pass. Like I, Unless it's Kessel, right? Yeah, I love <laughs> I love I love going and trying to do the between the legs on a breakaway. I think it's really fun to do, and but I would never activate that all alone. Is another one like there's a lot of them that you just won't ever you're just never going to activate and um but yeah among the top like truculence is still up there close quarters is another one the reason why close quarters is so good is because it, it gives you full shot power regardless of how the stick how the puck lands on your stick yeah. and i think that people maybe didn't realize at the beginning how powerful that was but when you can fire off a shot that's a rebound that would normally be less accurate less powerful it's going to give you full power on it and it activates above the face-off dots or below the face-off dots depending where, where mm -hmm. you're looking so mm -hmm. i think that's close quarters is still one that's amazing and post to post or uh, post to post and um and and uh, light work or for goaltenders are still is, really is strong magnetic still on the game Magnetic, so Magnetic is in the game. Magnetic is one that is extremely um, needed for ESHL, and the reason why it's so good in ESHL and not in World of Chell, you don't see anyone, or I mean uh, uh, Hut, you don't see it in Hut at all, is because it helps you receive passes, and the, and the, the stats, the one attribute that, that helps with that, that basically determines if your player can collect the pass really cleanly, is offensive awareness. And because in World of Chell, your attributes are basically, you're basically like an 80 overall player. Yeah. In Hockey Ultimate Team, at 80 overall, you know, your offensive awareness is probably pretty low. But if you go and look at the base of the game, by week two, you don't have anyone with like under 85 offensive awareness. And at 85, you're really never seeing a bobble of a puck, anything like that. So magnetic for Hockey Ultimate Team specifically is not needed at all. But in World of Chell, there's a reason why everyone uses it. One thing I'm going to be intrigued about, too, is they talked about, you know, puck carriers having better speed when they're carrying the puck to kind of separate Connor McDavid's when you're using Connor McDavid. 
How's Wheels going to get into play then? I haven't thought about that yet. So, yeah, I actually, that was something I, I, I've been meaning to ask the developers about in terms of like, like because as it stands right now, what Wheels does is it removes the 3% debuff when someone is carrying the puck. So at 99, it, they actually have 96 overall speed with the puck. And then it obviously goes down further from there. But at uh, with with the increased puck carrier speed, I, I'm... I guess it would still be a 3% debuff when you have the puck, but maybe I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if it makes it, um, if it goes above 99, which I doubt. I, I really have no idea on that one. It might just make it completely useless, uh, especially for the cost. It's still one of the best, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that one as well. That's something I have to ask the developers about and get a firm answer on. Yeah. That'll be an intriguing one to see. Now, I think the two biggest things that we really were hoping for that we kind of got was pass assist and the nerfs on poke checks. I don't know about you guys, but those two things have felt amazing to me. Like just even, you know, playing, I played goalie, so it's a little bit different, but like I noticed like some of my defenders were like, dude, I can't poke him anymore. And then they had that realization of, okay, I can't spam poke every time the guy's coming down the wing. I got to come back and play a bit more defensively, play a bit more positional and stuff. And I think that's going to create, like I mentioned earlier, that skill gap. Um, what do you guys notice about that so far? Go ahead, you go ahead. Yeah, well, the one thing I noticed with the passing uh, assist uh, for in the beta, it's like you can hold the trigger for as long as possible, mm -hmm. and the receiving player does not bobble the puck at all. Uh, obviously, in NHL 22, even if you aim perfectly, if you're holding the trigger for, for too long, you know, it'll bobble it. But obviously, the biggest issue is that sometimes you would aim properly, and your guy would still not receive the Absolutely. pass. So overall, I... I do wonder if they made it a little too easy, but given how big the issue was in initial 22, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction overall. And, and I'm a huge fan of the poke system. Now, the one thing that I noticed with the poking is sometimes I would poke the guy, I was, I was playing a couple threes games today. I would poke the guy, I wouldn't get the puck back, he would get the puck back, but because I already had my stick out, the guy's already, you know, driving the net so mm -hmm. that was the one issue that i had so i do wonder you know i mean my attribute was also lower so there's lots of factors that go into it uh but i'm curious to see how they polish that at release it's, it's tough because it, in world of shell like i said the attributes being 80 overall you would never notice this in hockey ultimate team but the pocheck stat is extremely important especially early on so what the pocheck stat actually does is it it did the higher it is it determines the accuracy and the speed at which when you hit r1 or rb it will actually go to the puck so with lower overall players in world of shell you, i think you're getting the absolute bare minimum right so if you're a mm -hmm. hockey ultimate team player or a 1v1 player and you're trying out the beta right now you're getting the lowest end of attributes which is is going to give the player base probably a uh, a less clear look at what the game is going to be like when you play it the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I have really enjoyed the, the nerf on it because there was nothing that looked dumber than, honestly, than when you would just hold out R1 and be faster, right? And, like, just the <laughs> skating animation looks so silly. Like, it was just obnoxious. Like, I, I'm all for a more arcadey, a little bit more arcadey game, um, but that just looks obnoxious, right? And when the game was t was was made to be more sim based in 22, it just made it look so silly. And so, like, I I'm glad about those. I'm curious to see what the you know the complaints will be because there will like there will be a play there will there will be a meta in 23, and I'm really curious to see what that would be. Um, with pass assist being turned back on, I can appreciate what they were doing in 22 so in 21 they turned off the intercept model they legitimately made it so that unless your stick was in the way of the puck you were never going to get an animation where your player moved his stick slightly moved his skate slightly intercept the pass and we saw that was you know kind of a mess because mm -hmm. you could just force a pass through four players and it would go through 
uh, 22, they went the complete, they turned the pass model or the, the intercept model back on, but then they completely turned off <laughs> pass assist. So it's like they're going com- one way or the other on multiple different things to yeah. create a skill gap. And I can appreciate them trying to give us ways to separate the player base and find and, and reward people that are really, really good at, at specific things. But it was very frustrating with the with the no pass assist. Not specifically because if you if you didn't aim it well, whatever, um, you know I, I can I can understand that. But the problem was when they moved to frost when they moved to the frostbite engine, it messed with their um, their replay system. And in twenty two, they removed the actual way you can see where you were aiming the puck. So it's like I can't even argue that I wasn't aiming that right <laughs> at all. So like that was something that was a little frustrating, but worse was when you passed backwards it was like there was negative pass assist like i don't know how many times that you were on the power play you were down the board trying to send it back to your defender and you would have to go 200 feet all the way back in your own zone um and, and that was one of the big things or like we talked about earlier where you're trying to pass and your player just does the mario lemieux like between the legs lets it go all the way to the far side guy and that can't happen um so with the pass assist turned back on it should feel like 21 with intercepts and I personally enjoy that. I don't know. It's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a drastic change for some people because it went mm-hmm. so sim based in twenty two. But again, you can't please everyone. But I, I personally will enjoy it. Yeah, I think a lot of people will. Now, just our final point about NHL twenty three. So a lot of times when you know you play your NHL tech test, you either love it or hate it, and then you play the actual game, and within two to three months, it's a completely different version of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, gameplay updates come out, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden the game feels different. Something's off. If NHL 23 feels the same way this beta does currently, are you guys happy with it? Are you okay with it? Are you content with it? How would you guys feel? I think it's um, realistic to assume that there will be obviously some changes at yep. release, right? And um, I, I'm, if it's based on last year, I really like the game at release, and even the first couple of tuners that they had, I honestly I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when they go overboard with it and the game completely changes from what it was advertised to be that I have personal issues with. And we see a lot of those issues with when it comes to game modes like 99 HUD. Mm-hmm. I know guys like No Season Kessel have uh, come up with uh, really uh, unique ideas on how to balance the gameplay to ensure that it stays consistent. So that is the biggest thing for me, you know, the, the whole consistency thing and ensuring that the game is what it's advertised to be. And so far playing the beta, it does feel that way and i just hope that even you know if there are certain changes that it still feels like what it's been advertised i think the biggest thing uh just from being a game trader this will be like my sixth or fifth game being a game changer now i think um what people don't realize is that three months into the game i mean we we don't really get a lot of gameplay tuners like we really don't and i know that the development team doesn't like adjusting the game um like a a ton once it is what people don't understand or don't realize is that the way that hut is done and the fact that the the way that progression works the game is by the time we hit january roughly the game is not designed for hockey ultimate team so what happens is is it's designed for world of shell and for versus really in 1v1 right and it plays really well at launch. Everyone loves HUD at launch for people that like Hockey Ultimate Team. They love HUD at launch because it's basically versus in Hockey Ultimate Team, but there's nothing they can do to make it feel the same when attributes go up. And there's really no way to counter that until they put in a build system that's in like World of Shell that me, me and Kessel have talked about and we kind of came up with. World of Shell doesn't really change. It is what it is. You don't see... You see people, um, you know, talk about things that f- they they talk about issues in in terms of an entire game. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it was like this in November and now it's like this in April. 
And I think that until they do that and figure that out, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be the same every year. If you play the game in October and then come back in January, you will not have the same experience. And that is just because of how hockey ultimate team is. There's no way to stop progression. And, and I, I don't know, maybe there's sliders or things that could be changed to, to help it. But uh, as of, as of right now, it will still feel different in a few months. And that's just the way that ultimate team modes work. Yeah. Well, hey, EA, if you're listening, take on their game model because I watched that video and their solution to 99 Hut is you guys had a pretty interesting solution it's, there. It's something that I, I think that there's flaws to it, but I mean, like one of the polarizing things was speed does not change. So mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is 99 and then everyone else is five less or the, whatever their or five more, whatever their base speed was. And I think that a lot of people were like, well, whoever's fastest is going to be the best. But, you know, if a playmaker can't get over 80 body checking, or or defensive awareness on a sniper is stuck at 75 or he's never intercepting a pass like there's ways to make cards useful and progress over the year with uh, with making sure they still feel far different than each other and right now if you just put up a blank card art and attributes like they're going to be the same roughly which is i think kind of an issue with aki maybe kind of makes it a little bit more boring as it goes compared to other games but that is such a big undertaking and a huge change to hockey ultimate team that I doubt we ever see that. But it, you know, I think it would would add a lot more creativity to the team that you're building and the team that you build or make throughout the year. But is what it is. Absolutely. So you mentioned the NHL 23 is 24 is beta, and mm-hmm. I think we'll get into that. Sphere, you want to ask some questions? Yeah. So uh, well, generally speaking, so. Obviously, we have the introduction of crossplay. Yeah. And so, crossplay, obviously, it's more so crossplay of matchmaking. So, how do you think we progress from that into NHL 24? Do you see that sort of as, as a testing year this year? So, I knew that ever, like from two years ago, when crossplay in, in other games, like when MLB did it, that was really when everyone's eyes opened up um, when the show did it. I think that crossplay will benefit NH, the NHL franchise more than any other title in like all of 100%. gaming because it has a big player base uh as in totality but because it is split up and obviously now with old gen still around i don't think old gen will be a thing next year um so it would go back to being xbox and, and nhl but mm-hmm. even still if you can it's not a big enough player base on two consoles but as one it's a big enough player base to do a lot with um what that will allow them like in the, the iteration sorry that that is coming in this year is in my opinion, what they were able to do in the time frame they have. They have a much smaller uh, development team than and than all other EA Sports games other than maybe UFC. Uh, but Madden couldn't even get it in. But Madden didn't need it, but Madden didn't even get it in, right? So the crossplay for matchmaking is a great start. And I think that the other features, so like invite a friend and the crossplay for the marketplace, which I still think is more important than crossplay matchmaking for HUT. I think those are very easy additions for them once they know matchmaking is all flushed out, all the issues have been fixed. And when crossplay is fully in NHL, you are going to see a far better experience, not just from what we have now. Let's say nothing has changed in full crossplay marketplace. We have full cross, specifically for Hockey Ultimate Team, but even for World of Chell, like being able to find drop in games and things like that in, yeah. in February. Um, what you're going to see is a much more enjoyable experience because you're going to be able to have the development team add in new modes. Draft champs might be a thing in Hockey Ultimate Team. They might be able to add like an online seasons sort of situation there because they know they won't have to funnel in their their you know the separated player bases into rivals. They can have it multiple modes because they know with cross console it doubles their player base, meaning yeah. that they can actually find things. And that is when I think you will really see the benefit of cross console. 
we won't see that until 24 though at, at minimum and but i i still think it's necessary like if 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 we aren't getting much more in 20 in 23 it'll be really bad this year but come 24 i've said this for a long time i think the year after we get cross console will be the best nhl video game we've ever gotten and if that's 24 i mean NHL 94 was the best. NHL 04 was one of the better games. NHL 14 is the greatest holy grail sports NHL video game. 24 would maybe be uh, maybe maybe just be in line for. And another reason, another thing, just just touching on like what it could be. NHL 14 is like what everyone considers the goat. And I think if you went back, it isn't incredible in every individual mode. I mean, GM Connected barely worked. But I think the thing about 14 that made it so good was every single mode was in the game. There was 50 different ways to play that game. And I think that's what people hold on to and remember because you could sit down and it wasn't like, oh, I got to do my weekly hut rivals chores. It was like, you know, maybe I'll go play GM Connected. I've got three games in my GM Connected to go to. Then maybe I feel like playing Hockey Ultimate Team. ESHL was just starting out. Like that was why it was so big. And I think Be a Pro was still was still like in its in its early days. So I think that's why everyone remembers NHL 14 being this like great game. And I think that once this version of NHL can have multiple different ways to play it, you're really gonna see like the glory years of of NHL. Well, yeah, I have to say. NHL 14, I love GM Connected, and mm-hmm. I'll have everybody know that I'm a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Oh, let's go. There we go. As the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. So I'll yep. put it out there. With what, your four buddies in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. About the Kaboom, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you, and uh, I think I'm really excited generally for the Sixes community this year, and I know that there's a couple of uh, top high-end Sixes uh, teams on the PSN side of things. So I'm really curious to see about that. I think uh, from a 1v1 perspective, I, you know, I'm th- thinking about the various organizations that hosted 1v1 tournaments like Tampa Bay. They're going to have to, I believe, pick a console this year if they were to run the same tournament. So uh, obviously looking forward to the day that we get the full, you know, of, of what cross-platform uh, offers. So something to look forward to. Absolutely. I think one other thing a lot of people don't think about is like even for content creators. Like, I remember, like, now I'm going to go way back, but, like, back when I first got into Twitch in, like, NHL 15, 16, 17, like, you'd go in and, like, remember when people used to do trade days and they would just tra- do the trade day thing? And you'd go on, you'd be, what console you want? Xbox. Okay. Oh. On yeah. PlayStation, and then they leave. Yep. If you have a cross market, if, yeah, bring out giveaways <laughs> yeah. back too. But if you have a cross market, if you have cross play, like you're able to just be a content creator for NHL, and like whether your buddies on PlayStation or Xbox, you're gonna have more people who stick around because they're like they're not gonna go find a PlayStation Hut player so that they can interact with them and maybe match up against them. You could just match up against anyone. I think that would be huge. I agree. Um, so we're just gonna shift the gears here a little bit. No sleeves. Obviously, I mean I've been following you for many years now, and uh, I've been so impressed by your growth, but. Uh, you know some folks might not know your story overall okay so uh well it started like back like in 2014 2015 um i was so obsessed with destiny one the video game and uh i remember i was like on destiny reddit while i was at work one time and i I didn't even know what twitch was like in 2015 i had no idea what twitch was and i watched these uh two guys king italian and professor broman and they were a little older they weren't like kids and they were just having fun playing video games i was like oh my god i would love to do that so it was like always something like, yeah, 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 like eventually I'm going to be like a Twitch streamer. Like that's what I'm going to do. So after about a year of just like not doing anything to work towards that, I was like, I'm going to build a computer and I'll start streaming Destiny. So I did for like two, three months and I did what like whatever new streamer does. Like they just stream for a little bit and then it's like, okay, they just come back and it was whatever. And I realized that if I wanted it, if I wanted to 
um, make it like my full-time thing. Um, I wasn't like extremely good at Destiny. I was pretty good, but the pond was that that game changed like hundreds of cre- like Doctor Lupo yeah. started in playing Destiny. So it 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 shot so many people's careers just like into into the stratosphere. But I was like, I have been pretty good at nhl for for like you know since like early 2000s and i knew a lot about the strategy of it so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna try streaming nhl so i did all my research i was like and the thing that kept coming back was that um you want to grow on twitch you have to grow on youtube which does not really seem like the thing but it still reigns true today um youtube just has hundreds of millions more eyes a day and you once you have an audience there you can kind of bring them over to twitch so my first year, uh, I made one video a week on Sundays because I had a full-time job and I was engaged and like that was that was pretty much it. I would stream before I would go to work uh, for three hours from like nine to noon and then I would make a video once a week because that's at least what I could commit to to make sure that I did it every week. Second year, I, I started doing a little bit more and more and more and then, um, yeah, and then it, it kind of took off in like, I want to say 20, uh, 2019, so like NHL 20 was like where I had like a pretty big boom. GWC had just started NHL um, NHL 18, I believe was the first year of GWC. And I, I had not watched it, not really paid attention to it. The only thing I know about NHL or GWC in 2018 was I got a message from Junior Pens <laughs> after he had finished second and he said, hey, I, I had 4,000 YouTube subs at the time. So like I was, I was pretty small. And he said, I just want to let you know that I used your strategies in GWC and I finished second. And I was like, what in the world? So I was like, okay, esports is slowly becoming a thing for NHL. Uh, I, I tried to, I went to every event that I could. I, I tried to stream every qualifier. I started doing these like 12 hour qualifier streams where I would just hop around people's streams and it became like a hub of where to be. And the the story of like how i got here is like so long because there was like nine different things that i just went after because i didn't think that just doing one of them all of my friend whether it be youtube or twitch was enough to make a full-time living out of because i was i started a lot older so as you get older your responsibilities increase and you can't just you know i i didn't have i don't have kids yet so that was one thing but i just married it my my wife didn't sign on for me to be like hey I'm going to leave my career and I'm going to go try and play video games for a living. Thankfully, she uh, agreed. She'd give me two years. So in 2019, that late stage of 2019, after GWC, the second year of GWC, uh, I started my first two years that I would give myself. And the first year was okay. Uh, the second year, my YouTube went from like, I think I had 12,000 subs going into NHL 21 and by December, in October. And by December, I was at like 25. So I literally doubled what I'd made in the prior three years in three months. And then that all went over to Twitch and uh, it's just continued. I've been blessed uh, with the the community that I have and my viewers and and all the subs and everything like that. And then I'm big on doing stuff that other people aren't doing. So esports like Nasher and Ardo are the goats. They will forever be the best GWC broadcasters regardless of who comes after, but there was no one after, no one else doing, trying to get on with them. So uh, I owe Arda a lot. He got me all of my early gigs with like I, the Red Wings, the you know the, the Blue Jackets, the Capitals, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started doing everything I could in esports and I flew myself in 2019 to all the GWCs and I was a guest and I was like, ah, I just try to put myself in, in front of the guys running the GWC and then in 2020 I got the pregame show and then I then the next year I got I was on like I was on one of the actual broadcasts with Arda and then this year I got to be the play-by-play guy which I never anticipated because 
Uh, it just sometimes you need luck, and you know Arda wasn't able to, um, Nasher wasn't able to, and it, it just opened up some doors, and you never know. And as long as you're there when the door opens, that's uh, you know then 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 you know good things will happen. But yeah, I'm just you know this year has been very weird though. I had gotten to um, the highest that I've ever been, and I, I'm really happy with it. But uh, it was more it's it's different trying to get to the top or the highest and then staying there. It's a very different feeling mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've been trying to do a lot more like things like hosting and get better at play-by-play and, and, and doing what you guys are doing. And, and um, it's tough when you haven't done it before, right? Like you guys are doing a great job, but you haven't done it before. And, and every every week, I bet you if you go back and listen to your first episode of your podcast, it'll be better. So, you know, you just got to keep doing the same things over and over again. And you'll get a sense pretty early if people are like, hey, you're doing good at this or you're doing bad at this. And as long as you're receptive to the feedback and whatnot and you are consistent um, you know, you'll grow. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I've been pretty blessed at the position I'm in and I don't know how long it'll last. And I think that's something that is the stressful part of this playing video games for a living is, you know, everyone's like, Oh man, like, you know what I mean? You have the easiest job in the world. It's like, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I, for two years, I worked 18 hours a day. I didn't see my wife essentially ever. <laughs> I just, in, in April, I did a 45 day subathon where I basically didn't go outside, which was awful for my physical <laughs> and mental health. <laughs> so like there's, you know, there's downfalls to it, but the, the, the benefits, I think for anyone that wants to be a creator and I, I mean, actually be a creator. I think that people should try it first because I think being a content creator now is a lot like being a musician. When people were like in the 90s growing up, they were like, I want to be like a rock star. It's like, you just want to live like what a rock star lives like. You don't enjoy playing guitar until your thumb, you know, your fingers bleed and things like that. If you don't enjoy editing videos or streaming a game when you don't want to stream it, like then you probably aren't going to enjoy it because you have to enjoy the process just as much as you enjoy the rewards of being at the top. And I think that a lot of people get that misconstrued. They want to be a streamer, but they don't realize they don't enjoy the journey to get to, you know, where, where it's self-sustainable mm-hmm. in terms of like income and things like that. And that's the most important thing. But if you do have some of a passion for it, then you owe yourself to try because you the feeling of waking up and at night, you know, at, at, you know, it's it's seven in the morning, and the feeling of being like, I'm gonna go, you know, make a. Vi- I've got a today. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Toronto and get to talk to these guys and be at the hockey news and on the pot, hockey podcast. And like, this is a, like a thing for work, and like I generally enjoy that. So I was excited about it, as opposed to, I gotta get up and I gotta go to my office at at nine in the morning because you know, and just do right. my job. You know, mm-hmm. like that. That is worth less income to an extent like being able to be happy about what you're doing did it again about the process if you enjoy the process you're going to have a much happier time doing whatever you're doing and it's content creation especially so i absolutely love just hearing that you started with destiny that's always the wildest thing to me like this guy's the goat of like hockey creation for (laughs) nhl and this guy started playing destiny one doing raids and i i will i will say this about destiny so uh one of like my favorite parts about my career so far has been how obnoxiously random it has the places and things that has taken me so um for example one of my first ever sponsors was a coffee company called king's ghost and i love their coffee and whatever they are owned by the two biggest streamers for destiny king Italian and professor broman and that was like i remember you know getting in with them and then i remember being at their gaming convention um gcx and I remember I was kind of in with them because I was working with King's Ghost. I was just working the King's Ghost booth. And at night, 
um, one of the other gentlemen that owns King, is part owner of King's Ghost. He is like best friends with them. So I was up in you know like the penthouse suite with Professor Broman and Lupo, and I'm just I'm sitting here thinking I'm like I have ten thousand YouTube subs playing NHL, and I'm literally sitting here watching like the goats. I got me, and I'm just sitting there like awestruck, and I'm like I got here by playing NHL. Yeah, like it it is so absurd. The people that you meet, you never know how it will you know they will it will those relationships will come back, and I think that's one thing that I've been uh, pretty adamant on uh, is like, you know, you meeting as many people in the industry that I possibly can, not just Twitch, but in the NHL space, whether it be people that work for the GWC or every single organization that wants to run an esports event, meeting those people when they move on to other positions in other places, like, I use Johnny for an example. Me and Johnny would like compete to, to be involved with every esports event ever, and then he, we we but we wanted different things. We just didn't realize at the time he wanted to do administrative stuff. I wanted to be like a broadcaster, and slowly but surely, he ended up getting a job with MLSE doing stuff for the Raptors 2K team, which was incredible. He messages me to to be the pregame host for the Raptors, you know, the 2K show, and I had not really followed. I'm not a big basketball guy. And I haven't really followed the 2K League, but he was like, why don't you come host for us? And I was like, okay, loved it. It went really well. And, you know, knock on wood, I'll be doing that next year. And it's just like, I started by doing, by playing NHL. I think that people get focused, especially in the NHL community, like it's only going to be NHL. And if you lock yourself into that, it's a very niche, you know, thing, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. getting opportunities like with the hockey news, you're, you you played video games and now you're doing a podcast for the hockey news. Like yeah. that's an example of, of just making sure that you make the most of the connections that you get. You got to go to the GWC in Montreal, and I'm sure that you met a lot of people there that were involved with the event that, you know, you have no idea how in six months that might come back and benefit you. Exactly. Absolutely. Also, shout out to Raptors GG for hooking us up too with some, with oh, some sweet gear. We got some. We good love gear. Ra- we love Raptors uprising. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you a question, please. Yep. A, li- a little bit more personal, but I'm kind of sure. intrigued because what would you say throughout your whole? You know, you talked about your whole career. So what would you say is the hardest decision you've had to make so far? The hardest decision. Oh, uh, leaving my job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had worked at a job I liked. I really liked my job finally that I was at. And I think that's another thing, like, uh, I started as an older creator, so I had to, like, when you're a teenager starting Twitch, which I'm so jealous of, because if I would have just, you know, had more time, right, like, maybe it's a lot harder for older guys to, you know, you know, to get in on Twitch, but um, leaving my job was really tough, because at the time, you know, I was, I was, I made like a thousand dollars a month from like all of my content, everything. And it was like, you know, that is not a lot of money to live yeah. off. Thank God for my wife. She was like, you know, she gave me two years at the end of the two years. If it didn't work out, I would go and get another job. And I think that that was a really hard day, but exciting day as well. Uh, a hard, the, the AP changes thing. Right. Giving my yeah. feedback. <laughs> I had not realized my, this year I had been pretty humbled by, not realizing that the voice that I had and the power, not the power, the the, the reach that it had um, in terms of the, the NHL space. And that's something that I, I, I generally don't think that um, I'm like the most popular or I have the biggest numbers and like that. I think that's, I, so I, I kind of lose track of that. And giving my feedback publicly was always my thing, but when people don't enjoy it, you have to eat that. So I got like 30 just, hate threads on reddit i had everyone dming me just it was it was brutal and i read them all which was just a terrible thing to do but i learned my lesson so you know like i said gameplay is very subjective and and when it comes to nhl specifically um i just won't give my feedback to to them about that anymore 
because you know like if i don't like it that doesn't mean that it's you know more important than someone that isn't making content makes it right so like that was a really big learning experience and i think that's going to help me in the future because i won't make those mistakes if i get even let's say even bigger or, or hit hit newer highs in terms of viewership and things like that if i would have made it when i had 50,000 subs or 100,000 subs if i'm if i'm blessed to make it that far i think that uh you know, as long as you learn from that, it's like, you know, I, I asked for the spotlight and sometimes when the spotlight shines on you and it is not well received, you got to sit there and take it. And yeah. like I said, I wanted the spotlight and that's just what happens sometimes. And, uh, but that was, that was probably the def that was the hardest time so far in terms of content creation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. For sure. Like the community is always going to be split on so many things. You can't yeah. please everybody in, in that sense. But man, I have to say, I'm so glad you took the leap of faith when you first started out with the content creation, because I know that a lot of people are inspired by how you've been able to grow over the years. My earliest mem memories of your streams were those Gamer Saloon Elite 8, where you were doing play-by-play <laughs> -play with the biggies with Gren and Regs and Jay Fear. And then uh, obviously we had the, you, you had the little hub going on during the first season of Caps Gaming with the European viewers and NA. So uh, just a lot of fond mem memories with here come up, obviously. And uh, I know a lot of us, including ourselves, that's why we have you today, because we rely on your expertise when it comes to uh, the, the game developments and whatnot. So uh, just keep doing you, man. It's absolutely incredible. Well, I can't so stop now. <laughs> too, too far now. I can't stop now, man. <laughs> yeah, no. And we're so excited to see, you know, uh, the new innovative approaches that you bring, uh, as you always do every year. So I appreciate uh, that, man. Yeah, no, of course, man. If you have any concluding questions or remarks, and then we'll... Not, I'm trying to think of, like, stuff. I'm like, man, I got no sleeps here. I got to pick his brain I'll give you... In. Okay, I'll, for anyone that wants to be a content creator in NHL, mm -hmm. um, for, I, will, I will give this. I've said this a number of times. You want to be a content creator in NHL, if you are not on YouTube, you are going to struggle because the, I, the thing I hate seeing is guys that will put 10 hours in on Twitch every day, and it is the hardest platform to grow on. And I think being consistent on YouTube, on Twitch is extremely important. It is the most important. But if you're not growing outside, I mean, in all honesty, if you're not big on YouTube and you don't want to edit, TikTok is where you should be. I mean, you have grown considerably on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it, that is outside platforms is, is the way to go. The other thing I'll say is that um, if you are going to reach out to someone and you want to be a part of something, try and value their time more than your own so the example i'll give you mentioned caps gaming when jordan jordan's one i consider one of my close friends like I, i've gotten to do crazy things and he is going to be he is the leader in innovation for nhl esports he's doing things that uh, he's a dreamer and i think mm -hmm. that someone in the industry like that is needed the when i met him when caps gaming got announced um i was i went to him and i said hey i'd be i would love to do a recap show um, about what's going on every week in Caps Gaming. You don't have to pay me, and uh, I'll just do it every single week. Is there is there overlays or things that you would like to have on there um, to, to make that? He said, yeah, absolutely, we'd love that. I did that, and then I asked him if he would, you know, there wasn't any streams every week for the Caps Gaming Showcase. I was like, hey, if you need someone to stream it, I would love to stream it for you. Again, I don't need any money, anything like that. I would just love to do that. And, you know, it just kind of, you, you have to, you have to understand that the people that are trying to do this, their time is very valuable and to just expect or ask for, you know, things from people, um, you, you have to, you have to remember that their time is the, the utmost importance in a lot of these situations. So you, you have to, when it comes to meeting people or networking and things like that, just find a way to provide value 
first and after you do that long enough then hopefully you know as long as you're good enough and, and you keep and you keep improving then you'll get more opportunities for sure so um just something to keep in mind and, and again i think that a lot of the nhl creators i would love to see them branch out i mean not just esports but there is a lot of people that are very stuck in the community and they don't branch outside and i think that's one of the things that the, the misses that they have and um you know i think that that would be my one big tip is to utilize all the connections that you can I think that's absolutely amazing. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, because that was one thing I was already, always worried about. It's just like, man, like, you know, NHL so small, you don't want to get stuck in there. But the thing is, is like, you don't need to just it's do the that. NHL video game. Yeah. People don't realize that the NHL, which is gigantic. Yeah. And you don't have to just be locked in because the NHL has taken a gigantic interest in its video game, which it always has, but at a scale that's just incredible. So um, you have to you have to definitely, you know, make sure you utilize that. Absolutely. Uh, and just to end off, uh, just, you know, for any of the viewers who have no idea who you are, which I would be shocked if you guys did. I shocking. guarantee you yeah. there will be many. <laughs> uh, just let uh, the viewers know where they could find you. Um, you know, all that. I know you guys, by the way, episode one of the podcast, it was incredible. I loved it. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah so you can, uh, this was a very, very poor decision on my part. None of them are the same. So I'm sleeveless gaming on YouTube, uh, twitch.tv slash no sleeves 12. You can find my, find my daily streams there. And uh, on Twitter at No Sleeves Gaming. So yes, uh, it was a terrible gimmick choice as well. So. <laughs> I know this <laughs> is what is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. You so. want to plug the podcast too? No, 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 no. no, okay. no, no, no <laughs> I respect it. Respect no that. Love it. But listen, sleeves. On behalf of me and Zafir, honestly, like thank you so much. Like it's Probably, it's yes. truly an honor having someone as awesome as you on here. And you we guys really are doing a it. really really good job. So I, I want I hope you guys keep at it. Uh, I don't. I there's no reason for you guys to stop. So keep doing it. And uh, yeah, this is only going to grow even further. Awesome. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Have yourselves a great day.